Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with jazz pianist, composer, arranger, and educator, Keith Brown. He talked about his new 2021 CD with his trio called African Ripples. He was born in Memphis and raised in Knoxville, Tennessee, and he began playing piano and bass at a very early age. His father, Donald Brown, is a world-renowned jazz pianist and composer who performed with many of the jazz greats. Keith first learned to play the songs of R&B artists like Stevie Wonder by ear and started playing classical piano lessons at the age of eight. By 18, Keith was playing piano and bass around Knoxville in a variety of jazz, R&B, funk, and country bands. His story is a great one. Enjoy. Hey, man, thanks for taking a minute out to the show today. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. You bet, man. So, first and foremost, your newest album with your trio, African Ripples, I want to know... You know, it's coming out on the tail end of this pandemic, and we've been through quite a time over the last year and a half. No live music, lots of things have, have really, you know, been against the musician. How does it feel to have an album that, that, that's coming out now during kind of the revival of live music? And it's one of the few ways that you can actually directly communicate with the fans, which you haven't been able to for a while. I mean, it's always good to have a chance to, you know, put out, um, you know, put out your work and your and your voice, and and have people, um, you know, respond to it and, and appreciate. It. And I think that it's, you know, it's during this time, even though there haven't been as many live performances, so many musicians have used this opportunity to write and record. And you know, I know that, you know, just a lot of people that I know, there's been so much um, great music re- released <laughs> during during this entire time so like you said especially getting towards the tail end of it hopefully um it's nice to you know put something out and hope that you know get some chances to, to actually get out and, and perform and connect with uh people in person again more it sounds like a pretty personal document this there, there's a there's a lot of emotion that, that goes through this album talk to me a little bit about how you feel about this recording and kind of how you want to the audience to take this recording? I guess just thinking about, you know, different uh, personal experiences that I've had in the past and even, you know, just, just currently, just how how those uh, past things lead you up to, to who you are now and how it's, you know, I guess even who you are now, that should never be, be a stopping point, but that should be a, a ever-going evolution to, to who you are and looking forward to, you know, just, doing more and, and learning more and having different experiences with, with each other. So um so that's kind of a lot of what um uh the album is just kind of about. Like I said, how those those past things lead lead you up to now and um it's I like to think that, you know, everyone has their own unique personal experiences, but then when you look at them you realize how much everyone's personal experiences can be similar in a way. So, you know, I feel like even though I may uh, approach it from from how how I was raised and, you know, coming up as, as, as a black musician, I, I feel like that's one thing, but it's still going to be connected in, in some ways to everybody's um, own experience. So I hope that people can see my experience through the music, but also see how the music may reflect some of their experience too. So you were born in Memphis, raised in Knoxville. Talk to me a little bit about how you got the seeds of music and more specifically jazz. Yeah, so, you know, uh, of course, my, my father is a great pianist, composer, Donald Brown. Um, and I think that, you know, just coming 
through him, even though I was raised in Knoxville, I feel like my primary musical influences come from a lot of, you know, that, that Memphis sound and those Memphis pianos is like my pops and James Williams, um, Harold Mayburn, uh, I know Mug was in some Memphis, but you know, he's kind of, kind of, uh, uh, lumped in there with those guys. So, um, so yeah, I think that just, even though I wasn't always into the jazz portion of music, I feel like just growing up in, in that environment has always, you know, just, just, been in you know in the back of my mind in the back of my my spirit no matter um, what what it is so was it a foregone conclusion that you were going to always be a musician or did you have any other desires well no, you know initially i always me and my me and my older brothers we were of course into hip-hop and uh you know rapping when we were younger so initially my thought was that if i was going to be doing music i was going to be doing doing more of that side of them, but outside of things. But also when I was young, I, um, you know, I played basketball all through uh, middle school and high school, and that was kind of my thought is that maybe I'd try to, you know, do something with, with basketball. But, uh, but yeah, so I, I knew I'd always be involved with music, but it was never – back then it wasn't necessarily the, the first, first priority. But I'd say right around the time that I – that I graduated high school. Like I always played the piano some and, you know, would make tracks and, you know, produce stuff with my brothers. But around that time is when I really kind of started getting with my pops and was like, you know, I started listening to, to more uh, jazz music and was kind of getting more interested in that and kind of started to sit down with him more and have him uh, kind of show, show me some stuff. What was the first live jazz show you ever saw that really made you think, man, that's, that's wondrous? The first live jazz show, you know, the the first one that I can really remember was somewhere between eight and ten, but it was at the time where uh, my my pops was in this um, the contemporary piano ensemble with James and Mulgrew, Jeff Keys and um, and Harold Mayburn. And I remember that we um, maybe they were playing the Atlanta Jazz Festival or something, but my whole family, we went down for them to, with that. And I do remember seeing that, that concert. And even though I wasn't into into the music like that at that time, that is, a, you know, just, just hearing them and, and seeing them together, that is one early concert that I remember kind of stuck with me. And, uh, and my pops would kind of teach me some of the music that they were doing at, at that time, so I knew a few of the, the songs they were playing and um uh, yeah, yeah, that that one was definitely one that, that kind of stuff was. So, you know, the one thing about this last year is is that it's been a big big period, a big reflective period for people to figure things out, slow down. What did you learn about yourself that's going to make you stronger when you reemerge to the live stage? Oh, wow. There's so much, you know, I think that just really, um, for me, one thing that's been important, you know, I've been trying to just, like you said, slow down, take more time to just, read some books and, and do different stuff. And I think that just some things I'm discovering about myself is just really, um, you know, just taking life moment to moment a little bit more. You know, I think that, you know, before the pandemic, you know, you're so caught up in playing gigs and getting to this tour and that tour and just on to the next thing that, you know, it just kind of gave, gave me a chance to really, um, slow down again and just see, appreciate every moment for what it is. Like, you know, it doesn't matter if I'm just, you know, sitting down to, to read a book or 
if I'm sitting down to relax, just like really not worrying about other stuff, just saying, hey, if I'm going to sit here and relax, I'm going to sit here and relax. Don't think about nothing else or I'm going to enjoy this book while I'm in it and not worry about anything else. You know, being right here doing this interview with you, you know, just appreciating every moment for what it is. You know, I'm sure you've been surrounded by really good education, good teachers, but what's been some of the best advice that you've ever gotten that you think about on a regular basis? One of the best things, I think, and it kind of goes along with what I was just saying, is that somebody once told me to, um, you know, uh, make time for, for the music and be be serious about the music. Give it all that you, that you can, you know, and, you know, love it. But to also to make sure that you take time to live your life and to, you know, just just be a, a person and, and appreciate that, you know, because um, so much of what you play, you know, outside of the notes, your life and your experience is what you're is what you're playing on that instrument. So it's important just to make sure that you take some time and just be a human being and live your life. So every day you wake up, you get to create, you get to make music. What is the best part of being a professional musician? Man, um, you know, I think of, of a couple things. I think is like you said, you get to put some of 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 your own life experience out there in in a way, and you hope that you know, people can, that, that it touches people for what it is. And like I said, hopefully they can see, see more into it for, them, for themselves and maybe get some intent out of it that you did not necessarily see yourself. But they also, um, you know, they're feeling something different maybe from your original intent. Um, and, you know, just, just putting that, that energy out there, um, that's the beautiful thing. And just I think being a professional musician, you come in contact with so many people from different walks of life that it's, it makes it easier to just kind of open your mind and be ready to to hear somebody else's pers- perspective. So I think that it's, it's naturally a way that you're going to keep growing as a, as a human being as well as a musician just because you get the chance to experience so many people, different people and different cultures and whatnot. So why do you love jazz? Playing and listening is just something about that. That feeling, I, I I think that just you know if you, it doesn't matter if it's something that's you know maybe uh, older that's just like a a really good good swing or maybe something more modern that's that's grooving or or out of out out of time. It's just like it just just gives you a a feeling. I feel like if the groove is right, that's one thing, and then also it gives that freedom of, of expression for yourself and to hear how, how other people express express themselves. So I feel like it's not the the best music, but it's a it's a great combination of music where you can really have that simplicity of just laying down some great grooves. The complexity of getting out simple thoughts as well as much more complex thoughts and what's and what you can uh get across to, to other musicians and to the listeners. So when we do return in earnest to the stage, what do you hope we all realize about the power of live music, both audience and the musician, when we do get back more and more to the live environment? Um, you know, I, I, I think that it's easy, easier said than done. But just that, you know, everybody, like you said, both sides, musicians and audience alike, just really take the time to appreciate that experience of, of, of playing live, you know, I'm, you know, so many musicians, we're doing some of these live streams and whatnot over 
over this pandemic period. And it's like, you know, you still hear in, incredible musicians and playing a lot of incredible music, you know. But I feel like there's, you know, it's still a, a part that's, that's missing with the performance when there's not a, a audience there. And the same thing is, you know, if I'm watching the live stream, it's still something different than actually being there. So I think that, you know, hopefully people on both sides will really start to really appreciate and, and uh, uh, that experience and that, that connection of uh, attending any, any, you know, jazz or whatever it is that you like, any live performance, but really uh, appreciating it. So everyone has a perception of you, your family, friends, your fans, but ultimately you're living your life. Who do you think you are? <laughs> wow. I would say at this current moment, because I, I would like to think that who I am is going to be a little bit different tomorrow than it is today. So at this current moment, you know, I'm just a a person, a, a husband, a, a brother, son, just trying to, you know, profess a musician and just trying to make the the most out of not just the music, but just the, the most out of, out of life every day. Like I said, even if Tomorrow I change as a person, and hopefully tomorrow I'll change as a as a musician as well. So um, yeah, at the end of the day, I just hope that I am a a good person, and I think that that will speak for anything else through the music and all of all of that. That's what I would like to be a good person who is ever ever evolving into a different type of good person. Hopefully, right on, man. I saved the hardest for last. Keith, hey, thank you for taking a minute out for Neon Jazz. Good luck with the album and the return to the live stage. Oh, yeah. Hey, thanks so much again, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players in Memphis, Knoxville, Kansas City, and spots all over the world, giving fans all that jazz. And thanks to Keith for his time, music, and story. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino in the iTunes store. Visit Neon Jazz at YouTube.com for everything Neon Jazz all the time. Go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time. Enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.